Must be the sugar high from the donuts. Combined with the caffeine for the ultimate high. All right. We're, uh, we're happy today to be starting a new series, sermon series, uh, calling it DNA. You guys are probably familiar with uh, the idea that DNA in our bodies has all the codes for who we are. You know, if we have brown hair, that's in our DNA, right? And we can dye our hair a different color, but who we really are, underneath it all, you can't change that. That's in the DNA. You can have brown hair in your DNA. You can comb it a different way. You can cut it a different way. But it's in your DNA that you have that color hair. And in the same way, you know, the church has certain things baked into it. And we can maybe do programs a little different or do different kinds of songs or different styles of things, uh, try different things. But underneath it all, there are certain things in the DNA of the church that are just have to be there and are never going to change. And uh, one of those things, probably the key thing, is worship. And that's what we're going to talk about today. If you had to boil down, really, the core of what the church is all about, not just Pioneer Christian Fellowship, but any church, if I had to pick one word, I guess I would probably have to pick worship. Because in the end, it all comes down to everything we do should be for his glory. He should be number one in everything. And that's true of us personally, too, as believers. If we had to ask ourselves the question, why am I here? Why do I exist? What am I here for on earth? I guess you could use that word worship. Ultimately, everything you are is to be for his glory. And I've been thinking about this uh, word worship this week, and I looked it up and found in the, uh, what do you call it, derivation, etymology of this word in the English language, it actually comes from the idea of worth. What has worth? Worthship is actually a way that it could be written. We decide what is the highest value here? What's most important to me? What, what's really worth my time? What's really worth my heart? What's really worthwhile in life? And that thing gets our worthship. So that's where the word comes from. So this idea of worth has been on my heart uh, this week. And I want to share a few things with you before, before at the end of the service we want to actually go back to worship because we, we want to keep our comments kind of short today so that we can actually do the worship. Um, but this idea of worth, I want to say a few things about. We've been thinking about worth at our house lately because of vehicle issues. And I think you could probably relate to this. You know, first my son's car died, and the, there came that point where the mechanic said, the value of this vehicle versus the amount of money it would take to invest in it, to keep it going, it's not worth it anymore, right? Have you all been there before? 
And then after that adventure, and he's still looking for a car now, so we're looking at what's worth investing in. And uh, then this week I got word from the insurance company that our van has been declared a total loss. Yes, thank you. It didn't look that bad to me, but uh, because of the worth and value of the vehicle, the mileage on it, the year of the vehicle and so forth, the insurance company said, no, we're, we're done. We're not going to invest in this thing. So the idea of worth has been, uh, has been happening in my heart this week. And um, another time that this, this sense of worth came up in my heart was, was on Christmas Eve. Um, you know, we had to cancel Christmas Eve this year, and that was hard. You know, especially I'm a, as a worship leader, you know, that's one of the two big services of the year. You know, every week I'm trying to put together a, a team of musicians and tech people and songs and stuff, trying to put a service together that's going to be a meaningful worship experience, but especially on Christmas and Easter. Those are the ones that I feel like I, I put even a little extra in because I really want those to be special worship times. And to come to that day, Saturday, and to be talking on the phone to Jeff and, and Josh and saying, like, you know, should we, should we cancel this or not? Um, and when you see the evidence, you know, and it's sub-zero out there, and you're like, I don't know if we should have people coming out in this cold. Add that to the weather report, which was the many feet of snow that they're getting killed with in Buffalo is coming our way. Right about the time of our Christmas Eve service, it's supposed to be here. Uh, that didn't happen, but all the forecasts said that was going to happen. So we add that together with, well, let's call our people. We got a whole team of people here who are going to put this service on. And some of them had pipes freezing, and some of them's vehicles wouldn't start, and some of them were under a travel ban. And it's like, you know what? We do not want to cancel Christmas Eve, but it feels like we're supposed to do this. And it felt right, and yet it felt really wrong, too, at the same time. I sat there Christmas Eve in my house uh, with my family, feeling like this just feels so wrong. I feel like I should be in church. Every year of my life, I think I've been in a church service on Christmas Eve. And that's getting to be a lot of years. <laughs> so it was really weird. It's really weird to be home. So what do we do? We, we turned on the, the TV. Uh, my brother-in-law's uh, church in Massachusetts does a good online service, so we put their service on. And, you know, it's not the same. You're just sitting there. You're just not into it as much. But towards the end of their service, they went to a candlelight part. And my, my sons, they turned the lights off in their house and brought the candles out. And they did, on the, on the TV, they did Oh Holy Night and Silent Night, the two songs that I was planning on doing here, of course, and I just lost it. I just lost it, and I couldn't sing. I was just crying. And, of course, um, you know, it's all the cancellation and all that stuff. I was trying to figure out. Sometimes you don't even know why you're crying. You just, you just got to do it anyways. Maybe later you'll figure out why. So just do it, and maybe if you figure it out later, that's okay. But if you don't, that's okay too. But over the next few days, I was trying to analyze that. Like, what was really touching me 
during that service. And um, and there was a whole, a whole mix of things, and I don't even know if I understand it, but, but um, you know, of course, it's towards the end of the year when you get to Christmas, and it almost felt like we made it through another year type of feeling. I was kind of maybe reflecting on all some of the victories we had this year and some of the challenges and, and some really painful things that happened in our family this year. And, uh, you know, I think I felt a little bit of that. Of course, just felt wrong to not be there and all that sort of stuff. Um, but as a worship leader, I realized I, I was feeling worthless because I was getting my worth from leading worship. That's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. I've been working on this for weeks, getting ready for the service. It's all ready to do. Let me do it. I can't. Well, what if I can't do that? Then what good am I? I'm just an old man sitting in Delavan here watching TV. It's like, what, what good am I? Why, am, why do I even exist? I don't deserve to suck in air any longer because I'm, I'm not doing the stuff. I was measuring my worth by my performance and what I could do. So there was some of that worthless feeling going on, I had to admit. And yet at the same time, realizing that I don't have to do anything to be in his love, to be in his favor. And he sees worth in me. And, and that's why he's so worthy. It's just kind of a cool thing going on. And uh, this idea of him being worthy, of course, he has in himself, God has inherent value more than anything else in the universe. He has holiness. He has purity. He has power. He has wisdom. He has justice. He has mercy. He has forgiveness. He has patience. He has kindness. He has all this, everything that's valuable is him. You know, he has so much value in himself. That's why he is worth it. He is worth more than anything else in the universe. So he has this inherent value. That's why he is worthy to be worshipped, to give for us to give him worship. But in Revelation 5, there's another aspect of his worthiness that's talked about. You probably remember the scene. They're in heaven and they're, they're looking for someone who's worthy of opening the scroll. And they can't find a one single human being on earth who's worthy. And John... Kind of like me on Christmas Eve, John was crying because no one was worthy. Maybe he felt a little bit of that worthlessness himself until they saw the lamb. Jesus, the lamb, stepped forward and they found him worthy to open the scroll. And the reason that they give in that passage in Revelation 5 for him being worthy to be worshipped is not his inherent worth, not his inherent holiness, power, wisdom, justice, mercy, kindness, all the stuff that he is. What's the reason why he's worthy that's given in that passage is because of what he's done. He's worthy because he, of who he is. 
And he doesn't have to do anything to earn our worship. But he has done some things that earns our worship and that make him even more worthy in our eyes. And what it says in Revelation 5 is the reason he's worthy is because he was slain. And he shed his blood to purchase men for God. Now, if you think about that, we're the old broken down vehicle that should be totaled. But he saw worth and value in us enough to say, you know what? I'm going to invest my blood in you. I'm going to repair you and fix you. And I'm going to, you're going to be on the road again. And you're going to have new life in me. He invested in us. He saw he put worth and value on us. We didn't deserve that. It wasn't because of something we did to earn that. We were worthless. None of us were worthy. And he called us worth investing in. And that's why everyone in that scene in Revelation 5 begins to worship him. Because he is worthy. In who he is and what he's done and how he's given us worth. So it's a really cool thing that happens in worship. As we give him worth, he gives us worth. And I saw this so clearly Monday night at the Bills game. You know, 65,000 people at Paycor Stadium, Cincinnati. The atmosphere was electric. The hype was up off the roof because playoff hopes were on the line and all this stuff. And when, uh, when DeMar had that uh, cardiac arrest and, and fell to the turf, it was like someone flipped the switch. And the screaming fans went silent. 